What's up, everybody? Scott here with another episode of Rebunked. I'm super excited right here in uh, the last American Vagabond studios in historic downtown Franklin, Tennessee. Super excited for this episode, everybody. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I just want to take a quick moment, you guys, to tell you how you can come support the show. Um, so there's a few different ways that you can do it. Um, we're going to hop over here. So this is the website, you guys, Rebunked.news. Rebunked.news. Um, you're going to see at the very top all the video platforms that we're on. Uh, make sure you're following us on your your podcast player, you know, Spotify, iTunes. I use Podcast Addict. Podcast Addict is a fantastic platform. Um, it's a great way to uh, listen to the show that our guest is the producer of today. That's where I listen to it. Um, and then Subscribe Stars, the premium section. Um, lots of premium content on there and a great way to support the show. I'll get into that more in just a second. All right, as far as social media goes, you guys, uh, Telegram. Telegram's a place to be. T.me forward slash rebunked pod. Um, Probably Telegram or Float. I'm probably most active on Telegram, and you're going to get the most up-to-date notifications about live streams, memes, articles. I'm usually in there chatting with the people that comment on the posts, so probably the best way is Telegram. Uh, Instagram, you're just probably not going to see anything I post. Twitter's getting a little better. I've actually been live streaming on Twitter and getting a little bit of traction, so, you know, I don't know if that has to do with anything with, uh, you know, the whole Elon thing, but I don't know. Anyway... Uh, and then at the, at the bottom of the page, you're going to see value for value donation contribution options. We've got debit, credit, Venmo, cash app, PayPal, Bitcoin, and Ethereum. So if you guys are inclined to do any value for value donations, you'll find that all at the bottom of the webpage, rebunked.news. Now you may have noticed at the top of the page, there's this new little section, the t-shirt shop. So big shout out to big frog t-shirts out of Portland, Oregon. Well, technically Beaverton, Oregon. Um, they reached out to me and said, Hey, we want to help you with a t-shirt shop. And so they literally, I, I sent them some uh, ideas. So I, I sent them all these like slogans. They designed the shirts, built me a website. And uh, here it is, you guys. It's it's rebunked.news forward slash shirts. Okay. Rebunked.news forward slash shirts. Or there's a link at, on the homepage where you can get some uh, official first edition rebunked merchandise. Such as, for those of you that are just listening, compliance is violence. I love that. Build, two different styles of build shirts, because that's what we're trying to do here, guys. We're trying to build, trying to grow, trying to make the old system obsolete. Let's see what else we got. We've got can't depopulate an idea. <laughs> Truth wins. We are many, they are few. And, of course, the rebunked logo. So hoodies, sweatshirts, T-shirts, black and white uh, on all the designs. So head over to rebunk.news forward slash shirts. Check that out. Uh, of course, and then the subscribe star, you guys. So subscribe star is a great way to support the show. I'm uh, going to be doing just premium little bonus episodes periodically. Now that I'm settled, definitely going to be doing that more often. Um, goal is to, well, I don't want to get so much into that, but we've got one subscriber on subscribe star right now. All right. So big shout out to Pedro. He's like the biggest supporter of this show, man. I just big shout outs to you, brother. Love you so much. Um, but yeah, let's see if we can get two subscribers by the end of the stream here. You know what I'm saying? There you go. Uh, and then, of course, last but not least, TruthTRS. TruthTRS.com is a heavy metal detox spray. Um, it's a fantastic product. I've been using it for a little over a year. Um, if you go to their Instagram page, at TruthTRS, you're going to see all kinds of testimonials and, uh, you know, just the, all the positive benefits. Basically, just eliminating all the heavy metals that have accumulated in our body through the spraying in the skies, all the toxic food, like city water, like all that crap. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a it's, uh, fantastic product and works wonders. So, all right, guys, without further ado, pull this out of there. 
Uh, so our guest today is the producer of the fantastic and epic show Grand Theft World. Now, if you have not, if you're not in, familiar with Grand Theft World, great. This is going to be your your introduction. So it's just a fantastic show. I can't say enough positive things about it. Awesome community. And so uh, we have today with us Lawrence Driggs, producer of Grand Theft World. How's it going, LD? How are you doing? Hey, Scott. It's going great. Good to be here. Oh, man, thank you so much for being here, man. So uh, again, uh, you were one of the people that I had the fortune of hanging out with at Float Fest, man. Like, holy crap! But what was your uh, what was your Float Fest experience like? It was great. Yeah, it was wonderful meeting you. Um, wonderful meeting a, a bunch of folks there. Um, I got to sell a few T-shirts. Made the best of it. The T-shirts didn't arrive till Monday, uh, so I was I was kind of sweating it, but. But that's all right. I sold some T-shirts, got a little validation there with uh, people liking the designs. And um, I even got a got some silver for a T-shirt. That was fun. Nice. But uh, there's some wow. there was a ton of great speakers. I didn't you know, honestly, I didn't really catch that many of them. Um, the, the, the live talks, but um, there was so much going on too. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to, to pick and choose. And of course I was trying to get a little footage, um, help with a little recording. I helped my friend Chris McMillan from the autonomy community. And, uh, he did a great job of cutting together a video. Uh, he's gotten really good at, at interviews, just quick, quick hits. He was sitting down with a few people, including yourself. Uh, um, unfortunately my, my, tech issues with my laptop uh, made those not not really presentable but i appreciate you sat down with him twice um anyway it was it was a great experience uh and beautiful man i love texas i haven't been to texas since i was a kid and uh really loved being there that's awesome man uh that's so cool yeah it was my first time to texas ever you know what i mean and i was just like okay I see what's going on here. All right. Right. Surprisingly, a lot more masks in Central Texas than I would have thought, but that's all right. That's all right. You know, they're, they're still figuring it out. But what would you say was your biggest takeaway from Float Fest? What was your biggest thing that maybe you're going to try and put put into use in your life? Oh, um, good question. I just, I, I suppose, just being being a part of of this community of freedom freedom minded community of of content creators um really feeling like i am a part of it and and i have something to bring to it and uh i can i can stick with it and and contribute um you know there were some old some some folks that i met at porcupine freedom fest last summer so some familiar faces and um you know i met some new folks but yeah just feeling like um I, i can have have more ideas for the future being being more involved and just just keeping it going yeah i can totally relate to that i I feel like my my biggest takeaway was very much the same you know like a lot of these people that uh you know i got to meet are people that you know i've i've maybe interviewed on 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 this show or truthzilla before um people that i've i've been following obviously for a long time but then actually just meeting them in the real world and just like just getting to know them like on a person-to-person basis you know it's it's like and and then just like seeing like these people have set the bar so high for me you know what i mean it's like okay i i i like what this person is doing like mean people like derek derek bros for example it's just like man that guy like embodies everything i'm striving to be sort of thing you know and so like just uh getting able to hang out with them and interacting with them on a person-to-person basis it's like you know what yeah it's it's very inspiring very motivating i kind of left there just on fire and uh you know here we are so very cool very cool 
So LD, like, I think like most people in the audience that maybe isn't a part of like the autonomy community or whatnot, you know, just to see you behind the scenes, making the show happen, uh, Grand Theft World. But uh, let's let's tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, like what, what what's your background? Like, what 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 is it that uh, kind of inspired you to get involved with, uh, you know, the crew over at Grand Theft World and autonomy? Yeah, uh, well, let me do my best because uh, it sort of fell into fell into helping with the show when it started, and and that just evolved out of um, helping internally with with Richard's uh, autonomy course. Um, but I think you know some things in my childhood definitely primed me for being interested in this kind of stuff. My dad's a bit older; uh, he's in his eighties. Uh, he would always kind of talk to me about the the JFK assassination. Um, and you know, he was a, he was a TWA pilot, uh, something that had a, a big effect in me, uh, in 1996, the summer of 1996, uh, uh, TWA, 800, TWA 800, uh, happened a disaster. 747 blew up off the coast of long Island. And, and my dad was in touch with, um, folks that were in the air and on the ground. Um, and you know, witnessed uh, witnessed what they saw was saw as a streak of light going up to this thing, and and uh, you know, the official story was um, that a center fuel tank exploded uh, due to a spark. That the tank was empty, and uh, I was kind of reviewing some of that this morning. And certainly, the searches if you, if you search that there's. There's a CNN article from last summer, actually, because there was multiple articles, different different outlets, because uh, it was 25 years later, and they were getting ready to destroy the remainder, the uh, the uh, evidence that like 95% of the aircraft had been recovered and pieced together in a facility, and the NTSB had uh, moved it to their training facility, and they were getting ready to just uh, destroy the rest of it. Um. So, you know, the CNN article I was looking at painted it as, you know, the early days of conspiracy theories because the Internet was was just sort of new and uh, available for conspiracy theorists. Um, but, you know, I'd like to look deeper into that as an adult. Um, certainly it, it made an impression because here's my dad. He's a pilot. Uh, has has knowledge of aircraft and he's in touch with other people um, that he works with and eyewitnesses and you know a neighbor of ours from uh, from Maryland who who happened to be on a boat up there at the time and you know, all these people kind of described the same thing and then the FBI was coming to them telling them that uh, no you didn't see what you saw and um, you know that that was a that was an interesting time because like 10 days later the there was a bombing at the at the olympics in atlanta and um i suppose uh bombings you know the the unabomber had been just apprehended earlier that year uh, a few months prior obviously there's no connection to that but um I, oklahoma city you know a couple a year before um so yeah, that 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 was something that made an impact on my childhood, <laughs> um, and then you know post post nine eleven, um, I was traveling in Guatemala in two thousand three after high school. I went down there for about three months to 
to study Spanish. Um, and that's where somebody from Austin, uh, I met him and he's like, you ever heard of Alex Jones and Infowars? So I got doing a little searching and, and, um, that's the first time that I kind of, uh, had reason to, to question what may have happened on nine 11 and, you know, doing a little, uh, internet research and, um, yeah, so you know, I got into looking at like Prescott Bush and Brown Brothers Harriman and what was going on in World War II, and that that definitely stood out to me. Um, but uh, I didn't I didn't really pursue that stuff at the time. Um, I don't know. I was into partying, chasing girls, playing music uh, for for many years, and sort of got sucked into the. I suppose like a, a reactionary stance against my, my dad's politics and just, you know, got batted around the, the right left dialectic for, for a few years and living with a lot of cognitive dissonance and, you know, voted for some presidents that uh, I can't take that back, but <laughs> um, you know, eventually um, gosh, you know, I, it was it was podcasts, you know, working overnights at a at a Home Depot out here in California, listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. Definitely, there, there were some some uh, episodes that made an impression on me, like Freeway Ricky Ross and okay. Michael Rupert, and you know, also <clears throat> some of the the health um, health topics. Um, looking at looking at nutrition and fitness and uh, that was a gateway into like starting to question things, you know, and, and like when you, you learn about cholesterol and, and, um, kind of the, yeah, it's how it seems like we were misled for a long time. The fat makes, fat makes you fat. And, you know, I grew up with like low fat and lots of sugar and yeah, all that stuff. Bread, lots of bread. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bread. Dude. Um, and yeah, so I, I was introduced to uh, Richard Grove's work in I think 2018, and actually, you know, I'd found like uh, the comedian Owen Benjamin uh, loved his his podcast, and one day he was talking about John Taylor Gatto and the education system, and that it made an impression on me that such that I, you know I'm looking up John Taylor Gatto, and, and what I came across was uh, the ultimate history lesson, mm. Richard Grove's five-hour interview with him and and i uh, found the the peace revolution podcast and um i also found jay dyer's work at the same time and i'd always loved history growing up and uh just started having uh, going through some of that material um and, and you know the coverage of of like tragedy and hope the uh the book by carol quigley that was really uh paradigm shifting i guess in my understanding what what i thought i understood about history and um yeah so that that's what kind of drew me in uh to that sphere and you know i joined i joined richard's autonomy course at the end of 2019 and just got involved um sort of on the back end learning some of the skills and that translated into uh helping with the podcast and you know it's I guess it's been about a year since I I took over sort of the uh, <clears throat> the the production and the streaming of the podcast, most of it. 
Wow, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. You guys, if you, if you're not familiar with Grand Theft World, you know, I don't even know what to say. Like, I just guarantee, like, like, just go give it a shot, man. Like it's, uh, like, well, how would you characterize the show? Like what, what, what would be your description of it? Um, it's, uh, it's, sorry. Somebody was saying there's no audio for me. Hopefully they can oh, hear me. I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, <clears throat> it's, uh, so yeah, you know, it's, it's meant to be a time capsule for the future. Mm. Um, that's that's one one purpose of the show. Uh, Rich likes to to collect collect all this uh, all this work, for, especially from alternative media and, and people that might be getting censored, and put it together and give the the references. And uh, yeah, the the future might not be so. Uh, it, it could be pretty bleak. Um, and it's meant to be meant to be a time capsule. Give some some people an understanding of how things got to be the the way they are. Yeah. Um, but you know, there it's not like there there's there isn't uh it's not like there isn't hope. I, I think there's there's lots of reasons to be optimistic, and the more people that engage in creating media like this, uh, I think the more it kind of overwhelms the the propaganda channels yeah, and the, the efforts. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I agree, man. I have a lot of hope for the future. You know what I mean? And, and I feel like, you know, through, through the awakening process, like people are really realizing, you know, what, what truly is important, you know, what isn't important. And then also taking action. I think that's the big piece that maybe a lot of folks like for me, like just me personally, dude, I, I was just doing the old nine to five. Thing. I mean, you know, just li living a life like, yeah, I was into all this stuff, but I wasn't actually doing anything now like ever since you know covid post covid like it's just been you know taking action like like trying to get people together in real life you know building community like all this stuff like it's it's, it's mobilized so many people so i have so much hope you know so many people are everywhere building new communities building new you know parallel structures for whatever you know when the, when the eventual eventual whatever collapse happens you know it's going to be you know, we're going to have something much greater to build out of so yeah there's a lot of hope definitely a lot of hope for sure um i love the idea of the time capsule because that's one thing that maybe in the past that's allowed them to perpetrate all these ideas is because, you know, they, as they say, like, like the history is written by, by the winners, you know what I mean? And so that's one of the things I love about Grand Theft World is that, uh, you know, Richard in particular, you know, and Tony, you, they, they break down so much history that's maybe not completely apparent, you know, that's just buried and hidden and, you know, and they bring original sources to back it up. And that's, that's so valuable. You know what I mean? This is not the history that you learn about on, uh, on, on either in school or just like standard, you know, with a history channel or whatever, you know what I mean? And so, so much of like our history is like a great example would be like, you know, with, with traditional vaccines, you know what I mean? Like with, um, with, uh, like the polio vaccine, like if you go back and actually look at the history of the polio vaccine, and I've actually, I actually did this like very early on in the Truezilla days, like they say that like, you know, the polio vaccine eradicated polio. Well, if you actually look, like I looked at the chart, which was being kept by the CIA ironically like the actual like numbers of, of cases back then and if you look you chart all the way down and it's like so there's like this gigantic just dip in the total number of polio cases and then at the very bottom of that dip it's like boom that's when the polio vaccine was introduced you know what i mean and so they, they have this perception written to where the polio vaccine cured polio it's like no 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 it was introduced like pretty much at the very bottom of the polio total polio cases you know and they they attribute it to you know just sanitation um just kind of like you know cleanliness and hospitals, stuff like that is actually what 
and, and then of course they also rebranded it and called it other diseases as well. So there's all these tricks that they did in order to eradicate polio, quote unquote, but they give all the credit to the vaccine. So one of the fears that we have here, right, is like future generations when they're reporting on or talking about the COVID situation back in 2020 to whenever it ends, <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we introduced this vaccine and and it, it cured everything. And, and Big Pharma and Anthony Fauci were the biggest heroes in the history of the universe. And then it's like, no, 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 no. Let's go back. Look at like, episode, what, 20 through 150 of Grand Theft World, like you guys, we have the, we have the evidence here that, that that is not how it went down. So we're not going to let them get away with this. We're not going to let them get away with this. And so your guys' show is so powerful in that regard. <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, working with Rich and Tony, it's, it's an education all the time. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, I was going to ask if, if, are you familiar with the Forrest Mariti books, mm. uh, and the, the moth and the iron lung? Okay. That, that one in particular, that does a good job of, of laying out, uh, some of what you were talking about, at least, uh, yeah. in, a, in a narrative form, awesome, talking dude. about the polio thing. And that, that was a tough, that's a tough one. Um, cause I think even, yeah, before the, the pandemic, um, I think the, the topic of vaccines had kind of come up with my father and, and he was born in 1937. And he, so he lived through, a time uh, where they were, they were afraid of polio. He's like, you don't know, you don't know what it was like. And it's, it's hard. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, but like what, what information have you looked at since then? And and there's not a whole lot of incentive. Now he, thankfully he's, he's a tough old, he's tough and um, he got the jab and he's, he's doing all right. And I think, I think he uh, shied away from getting a, a booster because yeah he i think he did it he did it because he wanted to go back to singing at the choir Mm. um something he really enjoyed and then they still wanted him to mask mask up after that and he was he was like all right i'm done with this but uh yeah it was it's a tough it's a tough thing to get somebody with that much life experience to to really question something like that and um you know, I suppose a lot of people left from his generation, or or some at least were were killed off um, recently in the past couple of years with with the the protocols, the hospitalization. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that must be terrifying to see like your peers dying off because of lack of treatment, lack of like early intervention. Like, absolutely, it's kind of funny. Like Ryan is in the other studio right behind me talking to Mister Early Intervention himself, Doctor McCullough. So, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, so I have like I can hear them talking in the next room. That's hilarious. But uh, yeah. So anyway, you guys, when you're done watching this show, hop over to the Last American Vagabond. You can catch the interview with uh, Doctor McCullough. So there you go. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Oh man. So uh, let's see. So. One of the things I heard you mention, and I've heard you talk about before, and that I wanted to get into too, is the. So you're a musician, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I am. So tell me a little bit about that. Are you in a band right now, or what's that all? I am in a band, okay. um, and and that's great because, uh, well, I don't know if we we called ourselves the Joy Campers, uh, tentatively or to be uh, until further notice, and that's obviously not to. It's like Joy Camp, Benny Wills and, and Joy Camp. And, um, but yeah, and 
it's some guys that I met in the town that I live in through Grand Theft World podcast, which is pretty cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, I guess there we met through, uh, through a friend, well, a girlfriend of one of the guys, uh, she joined autonomy last fall. We figured out we were in the same town. Nice. Uh, so we all met up and they've been playing together for a long time. They're, they're quite a bit younger than I am. They're in their early twenties, very talented guitar player and drummer, Kevin and Evan. Um, and I got together and jammed with them a couple times earlier this year and had some chemistry. And then, um, let's see last, was it just last month? Yeah. I was invited to a birthday party out in Temecula and um, it's like a country themed thing. And a few weeks beforehand, I was playing with them and just like, Hey guys, I got a crazy idea. We, I got invited to this party. Maybe we should see if they want some live music. So I asked and they said, yes. And uh, we learned a bunch of songs in a couple of weeks, took some requests, learned those. And um, we, we, we went out there and, and put on a good show um uh so yeah we're we want to keep working on that and they've got original stuff i'm trying to kind of integrate into what what they what they're doing um and yeah we want to we want to keep pursuing that try to write some original stuff uh some stuff we're definitely inspired by some of the music we hear on um media monarchy james evan Pilato. he he uh He's got some great, uh, great tunes that he spins over there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't know how, like, yeah, uh, music has been a big part of my life. Uh, I, I suppose I've, I've been hard on myself, like didn't, didn't pursue it or didn't stick with things, uh, like I should have when I was younger, but, but that's fine. Like, like I pick up the guitar and like, pick up a bass and, it's um uh, it's like getting back on the bike and and I'm doing it now. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's fantastic. So you're you're out in California, right? I am, yes. So yes. I, I I kind of probably already know the answer to this question, having spent the last couple of years in Oregon. But what's it been like, you know, on the music scene out there? Like, oh, um, well, I I couldn't really tell you because I'm I mean I'm just kind of getting back into playing right now. Yeah. Um, but personally i couldn't tell you but from talking with them and compared to what it used to be like it, it was pretty shut down like a lot of opportunities um and they they used to gather at a sort of coffee shop mm-hmm. place where we, they could jam they played with a lot of different people and and all those folks and you know there was like poetry and just a kind of artsy mm-hmm. kind of crowd like that and and they all you know were were terrified and masking and um you know they even a bass player that they play with he's like triple jabbed and Mm. he's finally coming around hanging out with them again and uh yeah i definitely had a huge impact and i i think for sure the music scene uh, is uh changed forever i mean now from you know you could a lot of big acts you have to you have to show proof of vaccination and i I guess there are plenty of people willing to do that um but you know 
and James Evan Pilato has been pointing out uh, over the past couple of years now, like all these old, uh, these older generation musical acts that were selling off their catalogs. Um, it's pretty wild. So it was like there was an anticipation of of a huge shift in in the way the music uh, the music industry operates. Um, and you know, I, I I don't know. From what I understand, it, it could be could be positive you know with nfts blockchain the uh the opportunity for for artists to kind of lock down their music and and uh get paid more consistently i you know i i do i don't know i don't know where people like um i'm not on the side of having having had a bunch of music out there and benefiting from its and you know i've certainly um pirated media uh sure <laughs> so that's but if you're an artist and that's that's your thing like i i respect um i, I respect it if there's if there's a way to to profit off of that off of the your labor um i think that's a good thing i don't know that's yeah, that makes that's sense. A, that's yeah. a different topic, but yeah, yeah, totally. Well, you know, along the lines of that, like, I feel like that's also speaks to just the idea of like, you know, the hope, the hope piece that I have, like the rebuilding, like I see like a big need, like as these other venues and other organizations or whatever are going to require proof of vaccine in order to do it. Well, that just leaves this gigantic market over here for all these liberty minded folks to create their own venues, their own establishments, you know, so it's a great opportunity. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was in a band, uh, up until just before I moved back in like September, 2021, you know, there was another band member that, you know, we didn't really see eye to eye on everything. Like he's a good dude, but, uh, you know, it kind of ultimately came to the point where I decided to leave. And then that kind of just paved the path for me to make this move out here. You know what I mean? Just cause I didn't have any attachments at all at that point. But anyway, um, I'd been saying that like, you know, this, this whole COVID thing, this is our, our chance to like repopulate the music industry basically you know what i mean like like mm. everyone's almost like starting from scratch because like everything's been shut down and so now people are just starting to like get back into going back out again people are just starting to like start booking shows so everyone's kind of like on an even playing field so like if you're like an up-and-coming musician like this is a just i would say look at it as a fantastic opportunity you know what i mean and so you yeah. know i have a lot of hope for it and i think like a lot of powerful stuff is going to come out of this too musically so yeah and uh, I'm going to put the word out right here. I'm looking for, we're looking for a drummer in the Nashville area. If you know of any red pill drummers in the Nashville area, trying to put together a project. So putting the word out. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, man. So, all right. So one of the things too, I want to, I want to ask you about is like, you know, the autonomy course. So the, I, that's something that's, I've looked into it. It's something on my bucket list to do once I get some discretionary income, but what, what was your experience like going through the autonomy course or what, what is the autonomy course? Would you, would, start with that yeah um autonomy that this is richard groves uh it's a 12-week course it's kind of like a skeleton key for life he describes it as um so hey, hey lawrence your, your audio is doing that cutting in cutting out thing again there uh, not sure okay try it again does it sound better now yeah that's good that's good uh, all right um yeah, it's, it's so uh, Rich, Richard's, Richard's course. It's, it's a skeleton key for life. It's it's um, kind of centered around these nineteen essential skills that uh, distillation of his experience um, as an entrepreneur and the skills he, that he learned 
paying for college for a college degree that didn't really use, you know, by the time he's graduating and um, skipping out on graduation, he, he had networked, found himself a sales job in the software um, and was moving to New York city. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a community as well. Uh, It's it's a place for people to come that looking to develop skills, um, skills of entrepreneurism, uh, folks with, existing businesses it's it's a place for them to come um and and grow that business uh you know learn some of the tech stack that will help them uh expand and um you know it's it's an incubator i suppose for for ideas um people wanting to put ideas into action and and um a place to to network and you know, if, if that's a, a difficult thing for you, learning, learning how to network. Uh, and it also starts, it, it starts with sort of an unlearning of the, um, the, the learned helplessness that, that many of us experience through the, the schooling system. And, uh, you know, it looks at the schooling system historically, why, why it is the way it is, how it came to be. So who's responsible um, and that, that sort of kicks it off, you know, unlearning the, uh, the learn helplessness and then tapping into the learning how to tap into the limitless potential that we all have. I mean, Rich, Rich likes to describe, uh, our brains as a supercomputer that we all have access to, but many of us, uh, we don't know how to use it and we're not taught how to use it. We're taught how to think in a very, yeah. The opposite of how to like not access that. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the, uh, that's autonomy in a nutshell, in a nutshell, you get, um, lifetime enrollment. Uh, and there's, there's so much within that 12 weeks to, to go through. So one pass really isn't going to do it. Um, I mean, you know, some, some people, some people do (laughs) pick it up and they take off, but you know, you have, you have time to, to come back to it um take another pass at it and and re-examine the material and interact with the with the other students that's awesome man and what was your experience like with it um i definitely i definitely came in um not quite understanding what i was getting into but but drawn in because of the uh, the quality of Rich's work, his uh, Peace Revolution podcast made made a huge impression on me. Yeah. With his his writing and and um, precision in writing, I thought, and and um, the integrity he displayed in in uh, the production of of that podcast. So, at some point, I visited tragedyandhope.com and I got on the mailing list and I saw the offering for the beta course, uh, in the winter of 2018. And I, I saw that, I said, that's something I should do, but I was sort of caught up in, in something else. And I was still going to school at the time. Uh, I was studying kinesiology community college. Uh, and then, then I sort of got involved in some, another opportunity. Um, and I had to learn some things the hard way and come, of uh, September of 2019, uh, I took another look at it and and uh, went on 
went through, filled out, filled out a survey that he had on there. Um, my wife encouraged me cause I was, I was a little hesitant. That was a hurdle I had to overcome. Um, and I got on a call with Rich and, uh, got involved in season two. And, um, at the time I was working overnights at, uh, at Home Depot and, uh, took advantage of that, you know, cause I'd be listening to, to podcasts constantly. So Friday nights, I'd, I'd tune into the lecture while I was at work and then I would, uh, participate when I could in the, uh, the Q and a and do some of the, the student, the interviews, the exercises, uh, when I could fit those in. And, um, you know, initially I'd say the first, I started exploring some things like, uh, like a full stack web development, uh, course, uh, with the intent of, of building a website for, for the music that I've made in the past, kind of electronic music. And, um, I also, you know, I picked up some confidence in, in an approach to job interviews. So, sort of going in, into the new year in 2020, I wanted to get off the graveyard shift and I applied for a um, sales position, you know, an opening position. So I'd be in the same department and building in lumber, but, uh, you know, it was technically a sales job, but still doing a lot of the, the uh, forklift work and stuff that I was already doing. But my approach to uh, an interview totally changed. Um, just uh, viewing it more as a, as a conversation and coming in prepared with a bunch of questions and sort of being more proactive about the, the interaction. So it was a really positive, uh, experience. Um, and, you know, actually within a short time, I, I sort of switched positions, um, moved into doing deliveries and, it was kind of a more autonomous position as far as uh, positions go in, in that sort of environment. And, uh, you know, then of course the, the pandemic uh, that, that started rolling in and that was an inter interesting experience with the, the autonomy community. There's a, a lot of um, researchers. Uh, so the, the whole, you know, the chatter and kind of stuff coming out of China at the end of January, we were sort of aware of it. And, you know, at some point I, I was covering my face up and putting gloves on before anybody was doing that in the store. And then I quickly realized like, okay, if this is, if this is really serious, there's, this isn't going to do shit. And, um, then it became kind of agonizing just, as it's as it all rolled out, you know, as um, they're putting stickers on the floor and they're putting the plexiglass up, and it's just like, oh man, yeah, and the the masking, and you know, I covered my face there for about five months with a neck gaiter, and mm -hmm. then in September of 2020, they they wouldn't allow that anymore. Wow, they said, uh, you know, the CDC says that's not cool. You gotta put one of these little masks on and. So I actually, I quit. Um, and <laughs> it, it was, uh, uh, kind of out of, out of a, uh, I, I was anticipating the vaccine mandates, um, or just, just more hoops to jump through. And I yeah. didn't want to, um, 
I didn't want to start jumping through more hoops. Yeah. But um, back to the autonomy, uh, I'd, I'd gotten earlier that year, I, well, basically when the pandemic hit, I, I sort of, uh, I was internalizing what I'd learned and, and Rich and his partner, Joshua, they'd launched Autonomy Unlimited as, as a media marketing company to um, put into action what is being taught and to give a, an opportunity for autonomy uh, graduates to tr- uh, take freelancing skills that they developed and, and put those into action. So I got interested in video editing. I had a little knowledge of, of like audio software uh, and that translated a, a bit to, to video software. So I just got started, you know, pulling clips from, from autonomy media and, Eventually, then I moved into like helping Rich produce the the lectures. Um, so I've learned OBS and how to how to play clips and how to capture the uh, the Zoom call and and all that translated into to later how we run the Grand Theft World podcast. Um, but yeah, it's just been it's been a couple of years of uh, picking up skills and and putting them into action. Uh, with with Autonomy Unlimited and with the Grand Theft World podcast, That's so fantastic, man! That's so cool. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've I've been like kind of pestering. I wouldn't say pestering. I've been kind of like in contact with you periodically over like the last year or so since I like had it an urge to start doing live streaming. I'm just like, what software do you use? Like, how do you do that, man? So like, big kudos to you, man. Uh, so what what would you, what would so from like a content creator standpoint? Because I know there's a lot of content creators out there listening to the show. Like what 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 are some of your biggest challenges that you had to overcome, or maybe out of a challenge, something that you learned to help with the whole live streaming thing? Because it's complicated. It's way more complicated than I had any idea about. Like I'm being lazy right here. I'm using Streamyard. That's like kind of the lazy way to do it. But that's all right. Like what what what's some of the what's like one of the biggest takeaways that you had in overcoming a challenge in your live stream setup? Well, StreamYard is good. Uh, StreamYard is useful and it does some cool things. And, and we thought about implementing that. Um, but it's like, I don't know. We, we, we didn't really try it just because there's certain things about the setup that we use that we wanted to keep. Yeah. But um, it's limiting. It's oh, only a certain amount of things. And so once you're able to adapt and use OBS, then you kind of opens up a lot more functionality for the most Yeah. Part. Um, I've had to work through all kinds of tech stuff. Like I don't have a real solid background in computing. So I always felt like there was fundamentals I don't understand, but I, I figured out like I built, you know, before I quit home Depot, I, I built a kick-ass, uh, desktop computer with gaming components and, and, um, I, you know, I just over, like I went all in. So it's like this machine will do be able to do a lot of things. And, um, yeah, just, I don't know, just doing, doing it live, like, like Rich (laughs) says, um, and working through mistakes, you know, I, I learned an awful lot from, uh, from Tyler Bloyer. He was, he was working with us at the time he went through autonomy and really he's the one that sort of set up grand theft world and made it what it is uh built out a lot of the infrastructure and 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 how how we do the live streaming and then i had to kind of reverse engineer um what he was doing and so there was a lot of trial and error and messing with 
with software like voice meter banana. Uh, I use voice meter potato. Now it's, um, well, same thing. It's just a little expanded, but it allows, allows routing between the zoom call and, and OBS. Um, but it's, it's not without headaches. Um, and it's not the only way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. A lot of trial and error, a lot of test streaming in the background by myself, just playing with stuff and seeing how it sounds. And, um, just showing up like, uh, you know, at first I was just helping out with the podcast. Like I was just on the call and maybe I, you know, Rich would ask to pull up an article and read it. And Mm -hmm. it was about three episodes in that I was, I, it really sunk in that like, okay, this is going out on the internet. This isn't just the autonomy community. And there's a lot of people (laughs) watching this and, yeah, I kind of, I kind of had a little freak out, but I got over it. I just kept showing up. Cool. Uh, I'd be real nervous and I don't know, just kept doing it. And, um, you know, went through waves of that, like taking, taking on the live stream responsibilities and, um, uh, there, you know, the, the show's definitely been rough around the edges at times. Uh, uh, but you know, the, the quality of the content, I think, uh, has, has given us, uh, forgiveness from the audience. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, um, yeah, just that the constant trial and error, I suppose, well, has, well, has been pushing, pushing it forward. That's awesome, man. Well, let me give you some feedback. I know it can feel like that sometimes, you know, if it doesn't always go according to plan or whatever, if there's something that's like, you know, oh, like we were going to do it this way and then now we're doing it this way all of a sudden. But from an audience perspective, dude, that just adds to the whole charm of it because you guys are just just like just boom, 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 like a battering ram just crushing out stuff. And if something goes off the hitch, it's just like, yeah, we just roll with it, man. Like it's not even a big deal at all. It's fantastic. Like I just uh, it's part of the charm of the show, actually, that you guys are just, uh, you know, you're able to just switch it up and hop from you know one thing to the next. No big deal. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I say, I say kudos to you, man. Like it's, it's, it's awesome. And, you know, I've noticed like, it, you know, you're right. I've, I've noticed the show evolve over time. Like even I, I started tuning in about a year ago, I would say. And like, uh, you know, I've, I see, I've seen you guys like innovate and try new things. Like, and I feel like you have a lot to do with that innovation process for sure. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things I like to tell other, like, I can have a lot of, you know, I've had a lot of people reach out to me, you know, asking about, you know, what it's, what I need to do to start a new podcast. Like, what do I need to do? Like, like, I don't even know where to begin. You know, I've had a several of those folks, people who are starting a podcast, they ask certain questions and I love that. I love being able to be like a resource to people on that sort of thing. And you said, the one thing that I always tell people is just like, don't just literally just like, just don't stress about that too much. You know, like literally just start the podcast, the podcast or start your, your channel or whatever. And it will evolve. It will evolve and take shape over time. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to have like this polished, fantastic look day one. I mean, maybe you will, I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's something that, that, that just the nature of the project, it will evolve as you see more needs. And like, like I, I can see that in your guys' work, like, like you see a need and then you innovate towards that direction. But like for new podcasters, like that's the biggest, that's a hangup. It's like you see all these other shows and it's like, oh, if I don't have, if I, if I can't look exactly like that, then I don't even want to do it. You know, that sort of thing. And it's like, to me, I just characterize it as like, okay, there's so many things that are going to pop into your head as a content creator that are going to keep you from pressing that record button. And it's all about pressing that record button and just getting it out there and just going, you know what I mean? Like you, you'll mess up, you'll screw up, you'll 
hate that one thing that you did and just beat yourself up for it. And then you get over it and then you just keep going. But whatever it is that you're doing, like just, 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 just focus on that record button. Just get yourself to that, pressing that record button. And that's all there is to it. And the rest will literally take care of itself as you push forward, you know? So I, I think there's a lot, a lot of value in, in, in trial and error. The trial and error piece is just so valuable in creating where you want to eventually end up at. You know what I mean? Trial and error and just, just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I've, and I've been like, uh, back and forth in my head about doing something on my own and whether, uh-huh. whether the world needs me doing a live stream on my own, talking about anything. I, I don't know. Um, well, and I, maybe, I feel like, I feel like we not. do. Like I was, I was going to even ask you that. Like, do you have any, uh, hopes or dreams of doing something on your own or branching out from there? And like my perspective on that is, it's like, yes, that's the self-talk that everybody has. It's like, Oh great. Another truth or podcast. Right. But no, 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 because every one of us brings something unique to the table. You know what I mean? And just think of like out of all these shows, if you never got started, then like, where would we be? Like I was saying that two years ago before like Truthzilla, like, like Ed and I were sitting there talking about how to start this show. And we were thinking about just making t-shirts, right? We just wanted to make t-shirts with like COVID-1984, like, you know, parallel thought. Like that was, that was our original idea. We originally came up with COVID-1984, right? That was our idea. No, I'm just kidding. But like, we were going to make shirts that said COVID-1984, and then we're just like, why don't we do a podcast? And it's like, no, dude, there's like a million podcasts out there. There's no point. But imagine, imagine had I not started a podcast. Like, can you, can, I can't even imagine, can't even imagine what life would be like now, you know? <laughs> so yeah. dude, you should, I think you should. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm definitely thinking more about it. I mean, and here we are, even I appreciate the invite on here and it's yeah. making me, uh, feel a little closer to doing that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I think, think sooner or later I'm just gonna have to do it. There's there's people I want to talk to, and um, my, I don't know. I, I at Grand Theft World, I'm I'm fine. I'm mostly in the background. Yeah. I try to th- sprinkle in a little uh, comedic relief. I don't know if I'm not. Well, there's a couple of people that think I'm funny, so that keeps <laughs> me doing it. Good, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm. I, I certainly could offer my perspective, um, my own, my own little platform. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too about it is we all bring our own unique gifts and perspective to it. And, uh, so therefore it's always going to be an interesting new take on whatever the topic is that's being discussed. You know what I mean? And, uh, kind of one of the other things I wanted to get into with you is like, um, like when we were talking at float fest, you were saying that, uh, you know, I kind of got the impression that like health, fitness, that sort of stuff is very important to you. And you were saying that you were working on a project outside of that. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that at all, or just like how you see, you know, this, all of this relating to just this attack on our overall health and fitness, what we can, and something, something to motivate the people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, bodily autonomy. I mean, that's, that's become hugely important, huge, huge topic. And, uh, like I, I think I alluded to that certainly had something uh, to do with the, the path that I found myself on. Uh, you know, I, when I came out to California, it's been, it's been 11 years now. I was really de- depressed. I was, uh, I was almost 290 pounds. Uh, I mean, I'm six, four, so, uh, you know, I, I was carrying, uh, but carrying quite a bit too much weight, not, not happy, I was on and off of antidepressants for years, ever since high school, you know, since the age of uh, 15. 
and not really conscious of of what I was eating. And you know, it, it took a couple years, and like I, I was I was still on medication, but I, I sort of got into uh, actually for the first time a doctor. Uh, doctor looked at my thyroid and gave me some some medication for that, and that gave me some hope that there was something beyond just uh, the uh, psychotropic medication. Um, and yeah, as I got, um, I started working at Home Depot. I was on my feet overnight for a long time. I started dropping weight. I got back to playing baseball. I made made friends with somebody that that was a big passion when I was younger I didn't play for 10 years after high school and uh but I joined a men's league and it just put me back in the mentality of when I was 18 and like preparing for for baseball season um and that just got me interested in in taking care of my body moving the body and looking at what I was eating and and um that it just continued it continued and discovering, uh, you know, podcasts, like I mentioned with, with, uh, alternative perspectives on, on diet and nutrition. Um, you know, a, a few years later, uh, after, after I met my wife, she encouraged me to, to go back to school. And this time I had a, I had a focus. I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach. Hmm. And, uh, so I was studying kinesiology and, uh, you know, even, even there, there was a nutrition class and I, I'd be taking in information in podcasts and, uh, you know, it was, it was not, not really jiving with, uh, with what I was learning in, in class and, mm. um, and, you know, just trial and error, um, on my own. Um, so gosh, yeah. You know, it's it's been a it's a constant journey. Like, I, I don't I don't know. I think people are are very uh, there. There isn't a one size fits all. People have to be actively engaged in in a pursuit of of health um, and, and and seeing what works for them. Um, and it's hard, and I don't have it all figured out. Um, but I uh, I would like to. Yeah, I would like to kind of see what I could gather from from my experience and 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 put that out there. See if it'd be beneficial for people, um, you know, at least to lead them down that path. Um, yeah. So, but like like we, sorry, like I said at, at the beginning of this, bodily autonomy um, for me. Yeah, getting off of of uh, antidepressant medication that was that was a long struggle. Um, and my wife was the first person that convinced me, like, you don't need that stuff. Like, she just kind of sheer stubborn belief, and uh, th that wasn't easy. That stuff can be, I think, I I don't know. I I, I think maybe in some situations it is the best hope for people, but doctors in, in my opinion they don't they're not that incentivized to help people get off of that stuff or m make an exit plan and in my experience that that stuff was really really hard to get rid of yeah. and uh took a long time and 
and even a couple of years later, it's still um, it's been an adjustment. I think it's been an adjustment to to understate it. Uh, I, I I do think that stuff can can really stunt one's ability to to grow emotionally um, and to to deal with the full range of emotions that we all that we all experience. Um, so yeah, that, I suppose that's, that's an ongoing struggle, <laughs> ongoing journey. Um, and it's just been, been part of, part of my experience the past couple of years, uh, past couple of years, but, um, yeah, I think, I think putting, being able to reflect on that and share my experience, maybe that would be beneficial for some, for some people out there. Oh man, I completely agree. I mean, if if nothing else, like it's it's just apparent to at least us that that this whole thing, and in the context of COVID, has kind of opened our eyes to everything else. Just the fact that this is just such a deliberate attack on all of our health, you know, like like once once that became apparent, just the overt, uh, just complete attack against everybody's health in the form of so many things, it kind of peeled back the onion and like these things that maybe I had a peripheral understanding of before are now in the forefront. Like, gosh, like what they're spraying in the skies, like the food, the, the, the water, like everything like we're, and if you look at like the old, uh, you know, the classic example of like, actually, you know what? It's funny. I went to, uh, uh, to this like art exhibit downtown Nashville a couple days ago, like a bunch of us like went out and, uh, checking it out. And there was this one exhibit that had all these, like, it was just basically photographs from like the 1960s. Right. And just looking at it, it's like nobody is obese or overweight at all. Everyone's just like fit in shape. You know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy. Like, and, 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 uh, and now it's just like, it's everywhere you turn. It's just like our, our whole it's, and, and, and to me like that right there is a very deliberate orchestrated effort. You know, that's not just like coincidence that, that especially here in the United States, that it's just like this extremely overweight unhealthy population like we are under attack man and now they're just ramping it up even still and i think just once we realize once enough people realize like maybe something will happen but again the autonomy piece like like we can that's the one thing that we can control is just ourselves and our, our health and, and you know the good news is too is we can all take like small steps in that direction you know we don't have to like completely change everything on a dime day one but like everything we do towards uh you know our own taking charge of our own health it, it, it has like a snowball effect you know what i mean like once you start getting like an exercise routine you're not going to want to eat like sugar or garbage you know what i mean like it kind of like one feeds off the other so yeah and 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 yeah man and, and uh I, I agree like i think that your perspective and, and uh experience with all that is valuable and so i encourage you to pursue that for sure yeah thank uh, you yeah, yeah. I know I was gonna say too, that's uh, hilarious. So I actually worked at Home Depot also back in like my mid-20s for about six years. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see that you know, I was like maybe one okay. So the funny thing is about that is like that's when I was drinking a lot. Okay. So I wasn't on medications, I was just drinking myself to death like, back then. So I know that Home Depot will have that effect on me. Oh, geez, even pre-COVID, like, dude, no, 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 no. But uh, yeah. yeah, there was a time where I, I really enjoyed working there. It, yeah, it was uh, it gave me a purpose and um, and and it was good. But then as I started to to kind of wake up to some things, it became yeah. kind of unbearable. Yeah, I, it was so. yeah, it was good until it wasn't for me. Also, yeah. So yeah, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Well, shoot, man. Uh, I guess like, is there anything else uh, on your radar? Anything on your plate? Um. 
Well, you know, I uh, I was going to comment. I think I think I overhead. I, I your your comment on Grand Theft World and uh, our the authenticity of uh, just putting it out there, doing it live, showing our mistakes. I guess uh, I think it was John Bush. I, I heard at Float Fest. Mm-hmm commented that authenticity is a currency of the future yeah, absolutely um but yeah i i don't know just uh man we're about to have episode 80 of uh grand theft world we haven't taken a well collectively we haven't taken a a week off um <laughs> i've i've had a, a few nights off i you know have some pre pre-show stuff and publishing that i do from mm-hmm. the road um you know we're gonna have uh, pork fest coming up. I'm really looking forward to that. Nice. Again this year we're gonna be running the the Gatto Grill once again, serving up uh, smash burgers and and other fare, um, and making some new friends there. I hope uh, there should be a good uh, gathering of autonomy students and. Um, yeah, just work with Autonomy Unlimited. We have a, a variety of clients uh, from the the f- Freedom community. I do a little video editing um, and um, help with some live live stream productions. I've, I've done a good bit of work with uh, Andrew Kaufman and his team. Um, actually, that's I lost my YouTube channel because I was test streaming the premiere of the terrain film and i left it up there overnight and they they axed my youtube channel bastards (laughs) (laughs) that well that's a way to go that's a hell of a way to go out there so there you go that's a good damn dude um sorry yeah no worries um well and i've have created i have hit the limit on creating youtube channels we have a few pirate channels for grand theft world shout out in the style of Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's got the keys to a couple channels yeah. waiting for me. He and, offered for uh, me to do it too, but I'm I'm still trying to figure out this live streaming thing, and I only get a certain number of channels, so I'll, I'll get there eventually. But big shout out, big shout out. Oh yeah, well you know what you could do with with Streamyard. I mean, if it's if it's worth it, you've got Streamyard, and you could use a restream account and send a custom RTMP from Streamyard to restream, and then you could multiply your your outputs there. Yeah, I was looking at that too, and then I'd like it was like another subscription to pay for, and it's like, oh, okay. yeah, it's like so. I'm 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 running on savings right now, so eventually I'm gonna have to go back to work, and I'm just trying to like milk this as far as I can <laughs> before I have to go back to work here. So it's like, ah, or turn yeah. this into work. I Maybe mean, that's what I'm really trying to do, guys. So there you go. But at the same time, I get it. I'm realistic about things. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, I you mentioned uh, in one of your recent shows that you you have a, a documentary idea. Is that something you've talked about or? Um, yeah, I mean, okay, so here, here's what I want to do. And, and I haven't really talked about the premise of the show. And I'm actually like, I started writing, writing just maybe like in book format. But really what I want to do, so my, my career has been, the last like several years, has been as a drug and alcohol counselor, right? And, uh, you know, so that, that career all of a sudden became not available to me out in Oregon because they were requiring injection for everybody. So long story mm-hmm. there. But yeah, my job went away pretty much. Um, so I really want to just like show how the COVID-19 situation, the impact that it had on people in recovery, basically, and, or just people yeah. that struggle with addiction. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's just like I was on the front lines of it and I'm a person in recovery myself. Um, 
you know, so I'm very involved in the recovery community, both like, you know, clinically, professionally, and then also just like in, in the recovery community, like on the streets, you know what I mean? Like going to meetings and that sort of thing. And so I've seen, seen just the the devastation that it had, particularly out in Oregon, dude. And like the, the, the agency I was working for, um, I never shy away from an opportunity to throw them under the bus. They're called Willamette Family Treatment Services in Eugene, Oregon. And uh, they were literally denying people access to their residential treatment program based on their uh, injection status. So had, if you did not choose to take the gene altering injection, then you were denied treatment. And to the point where like Oregon health authority, the, 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 the demonic psychotic people at Oregon health authority even had to step in and say, Hey, 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 hold on. Now you're actually taking it a little bit too far. Uh, you, you actually have to admit these people regardless. And so, <laughs> so as an agency, they were just like taking it even beyond the extreme tyranny that, uh, Oregon health authority was proposing. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. No, no love for Willamette family. I mean, I got some the good people there that work there, but, uh, man, like friends that work there, but at the same time as an agency, man, like whew, it was bad. It was really, really, really bad. And the amount of suffering that was caused, I got to see it firsthand, man. It was so bad. It was so bad. Like a lot of people I know died. A lot of people either suicide overdose, a lot of people with a lot of clean time going back out, relapsing, just devastation, man. And so like, not, you know, I, so I wanted to do something like that, present, present this information, you know, like deaths of despair, the type of stuff that doesn't get reported on. You know what I mean? Like these are the things like the real, real impact on the streets, you know, the human level impact that these lock that lockdowns had on people, you know? So that's kind of where I was thinking. So eventually someday. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, man, well, right on dude. Well, here, tell us about, Tell us about uh, every, everything you got going on. So you got a t-shirt shop, right? Tell us about that. I do, yes. Uh, you see my my URL there, freedomunitedrevolt.com. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my wife and I, we, we started this last fall. Um, wanted to make this, I'm part of the control group shirt and the <laughs> uh, McAfee didn't Epstein himself. And uh, Rich, Rich has thrown a lot of t-shirt ideas our way he it's not really he doesn't have the bandwidth to to be executing those but yeah so this is uh in our partnership with with grand theft world and um need to need to get some new designs going there's there's definitely a few ideas in the hopper good um but uh yeah freedom united revolt.com um check it out and um yeah, grandtheftworld.com. You can uh, join the community there in the, the top right corner if you're if you're interested. Um, check out the website. Uh, Scott, you're you're a member. Yep. Um, we've got a we've got a biweekly town hall. Tony Tony Myers runs, um, and that's happening tonight. Um, and there's access to like Tony did a. a seven week logic course he just wrapped up yeah which i'm um, I, I, I just i'm so busy in the evenings i'm definitely gonna go back and and do that and that's that's the other thing you guys too is like it's not only just like like grand theft world and the community doesn't just not only provide you with just this amazing historical context about the topics that we're witnessing in the world today but like tony's style of like what he calls intellectual self-defense i freaking love that you know what i mean like like how to use logic how to use reason how to actually 
come up to with conclusions based on factual evidence rooted in reality. You know what I mean? Like these are things that are so lacking and I think it's so valuable and I, I, I'm definitely going to take his logic course, but man, and like literally for, for the, the monthly subscription, you get access to all that stuff, dude. It's so badass. Yes. And, uh, you know, yeah, tremendous value in there. And yeah. there's a whole bunch of people, good people in the community. They're sharing, sharing links, yeah. um, sharing their own, their own work. Uh, there's a couple other people from the community that have started their own shows um, in the in recent months. There's uh, plenty of memes, uh, plenty of PDF books, that sort of thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, if you're if you're interested in Rich's uh, autonomy course, mm-hmm. um, you can check out uh, getautonomy.info/ignite. Yeah. And, or, and, and those, uh, if you guys look in the descriptions, I should, I, I should, uh, they should all be in there. They should all be in there. But yeah. 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 Check the description. And uh, if you want, you can follow me on social media there at subdialect sound. Um, mostly I just kind of amplify uh, stuff that Rich is posting uh, and I share memes once in a while. Uh, <laughs> Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. Awesome. Well, shoot, man. Thank you so much for hopping on with me, dude. This is a fantastic conversation. And, uh, man, I guess last question. So, so you did work overnights at home Depot. And so I was going to ask, are you a night person or you're a night owl or does grand theft world like force you to be now? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I, yeah, I kind of am. I do yeah. love early mornings, but, um, yeah. grand theft world definitely, <laughs> uh, throws off. Well, I don't know. I've adapted to it, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. it is a long day. I, I kind of start prepping at three in the afternoon and and usually wrap up um, um, posting the show, publishing it about 3 a.m. That's about when I wind down. Nice. So it's... Uh, well, and you're on Pacific time, so it's not as bad as like these other guys are on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. So, it's hard to... I don't I, know how they do it. <laughs> I can't complain. Rich, is, Rich and Tony are usually up till 4 a.m., but... Um, wild monday is usually a little bit of a recovery day um, and yeah <laughs> that's awesome man fantastic well dude keep up the great work man and uh yeah man we'll we'll connect here soon and uh like any, anytime you need a platform for anything let me know dude thank you thank you so much for having me on this was great this was awesome. fun my pleasure all right everybody i see you guys all in the chat much love and i will see you guys soon peace